This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Monday mornings only mean one thing, and that means Fabrizio Romano is here on Kegolazo as we discuss the latest transfer and contract speculations as the season's in domestic club competitions wind down. Chelsea, of course, remains a topic as well as Arsenal and Tottenham as they try and battle for Champions League positions. And we'll check in on Barcelona as well on the latest under Xavi's squad. A little bit on Milan, Serie A, of course, some final thoughts from Fabrizio and so much more. Mondays, que golazo, Fabrizio Romano begins right now. Hey everybody, welcome to Kego Lasso. Thank you so much for being part of the family. Happy new week. It's the Champions League as well. Second leg of the semi-final. Super exciting. Fabrizio Romano, how are you, my friend? I'm good. I'm good, my friend. Thank you. Always a pleasure to be here. As you know, for Champions League football, I'm buzzing. So ready to see what happens, especially in the Bernabeu, because I think it will be an historical game again. So what happens in the Bernabeu is always mad and crazy. And so really looking forward to it. Absolutely. Did you see that photo, Fabrizio, of Carlo Ancelotti with a cigar? Yes. <laughs> I'm not surprised, but this is the real secret. If you if you see about Carlo Ancelotti, you always see at the end of the season, when he wins something, you see a different kind of person than what you see for the only 10 or 9 months. Because this is why he is special. He's every day like this into the dressing room, but you will never see in public. And then at the end of the season, when he's celebrating, you can see a different Ancelotti. So this is why the players are in love with him, because he's a really normal person, really easy guy. So he's fantastic. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. He, you know, Ancelotti wasn't part of our conversation today, everybody, but it, it's worth mentioning just, you know, our friend Jimmy Conrad calls him the player whisperer. It's so true. Just You just see how much they love him, how much he's just, uh, he seems to be, what you see is what you get. Just a hardworking, charismatic guy who happens to be one of the best managers in the world. So yeah. it's amazing to see. Congratulations to Real Madrid as they get ready, of course, as Fabrizio said, for another great game against Manchester City at the Bernabeu. Right then, let's begin. We're going to be talking about Chelsea, uh, a little bit of Arsenal and Tottenham as well. Some Serie A news, specifically Barcelona with Fabrizio. But Fab, I wanted to begin... You know, with uh, some sad news, obviously, as uh, you noted this past weekend and the official news came out that super agent Mina Raiola, uh, you know, the tragic news regarding his passing. So sad. You wrote a great thing on The Guardian for it. You. you know, just not not just about his career. Everybody knows how much of an influential name he's been from representing Dennis Bergkamp to Ibrahimovic, etc. You know, his imprint on the football world, but just who he was. As a person, and Fab, you, you said that so well, how people loved him, people hated him, people respected him, people, you know, feared him, etc. So I just wanted to give you this moment, Fab, to just some words on, on, on Mino Raiola, uh, specifically due to the sad news this past weekend. Yes, yeah, really terrible news. Um, let me say that it's been really terrible because we know since a long time that Mino was in bad conditions. But then uh, when, is moment, when is the moment for something like that is shocking even for the family, even for many players, because many of the players were really destroyed. I can tell you that Zlatan Ibrahimovic 
with a special relationship with Win Raiola uh, in the last week has been, I'm told, every single day in the dressing room of AC Milan, totally silent, not speaking with any teammate. Uh, he's like destroyed, but really destroyed. And it was a really good moment for us in Milan, but Zlatan is destroyed. And this makes you understand why Mino was so special for his players, because he was ready to the war with the clubs, uh, to, to, to clash with the clubs, but his mission was to give his best to his players. As you mentioned, uh, and as I always say, Mino was hated in football and loved, loved by the players because his clients were loving him, really, for what Mino did for them. But at the same point, many fans in football were not happy with his attitude, with his strategy. But at the end, in his mission as an agent, he was absolutely perfect, I think. He changed the game. He changed the communication of the game. Uh, I still remember, really, how, how the fans of Juventus were chanting his name when he brought Matthijs the league to Juventus. And I still remember that from the car at Juventus Stadium, where he had the medical test before signing the contract, Matai the Leagues received some, some chance from Juventus fans, but then all the fans were going crazy for Mio Raiola, chanting his name. And this is something different. The agents in the world of football for many, many years were behind the scenes. No one knew about them or the names or something like that. Mino changed it with the communication, uh, with the commissions, with crazy commissions. And so the top clubs knew that if you want to negotiate with Mino, you need to do something crazy. And so it wins big salary to the players. So he was a genius, maybe not a saint, so I'm sure that he didn't want to be mentioned like a saint or a fantastic person, but he was a really smart guy, he was a really smart agent, and he was a game changer. So I'm sure that in the world of football, we will lose an important part, a key part of our world, of the transfer market especially, because he really changed the game and he was able to do something incredible sometimes. So I'm really sad, but I'm sure that his family will, will do a great job in the future. Well, well said, Fabrizio. And he came from nothing and, and he built his empire. And to me, anybody that does that deserves as well a lot of recognition uh, of what he did. So my condolences and Fabrizio, beautiful words regarding, you know, his passing, condolences and wishes to his family and loved ones. Uh, this is a business, obviously, as everybody knows. Uh, it's, it's not all just personal. And Mino Raiola leaves behind uh, a legacy as well as an industry and an empire, right, of the players that he represents. It might be too early for this, but what, what's the next moves now for his empire there, Fabrizio Romano? Who takes care of these players? Who, who takes care of the, of the legacy that he leaves behind? Yes, I see many of stories now. It's normal to see many stories on this. Uh, someone is saying about agents, be uh, players becoming agents to, to help the families. Someone is saying that some players will join other agencies. Uh, so we have a lot of stories. The reality is I want to be 100% honest. Now the family, Raiola family, they don't even know what is going to happen in the coming mm. days. Of course, they were preparing something, but now they are obviously focused on different things. And I think in the coming two, three weeks, we will understand more. Uh, many players want to be loyal with the Raiola family and continue uh, with his cousin, Vincenzo Raiola, who was always with Mino, was the right hand of Mino. And so this is why I'm sure that he will try to do his best and his mission will be to keep all these players. But we will see. At the moment, we have a lot of stories like this one about Zlatan Ibrahimovic becoming an agent. It's a story that we have here in Italy, but at the moment I have still nothing confirmed on that, on that one, even because Zlatan doesn't want to speak about it. Zlatan wants to respect Mino 100%. Uh, he's feeling the moment, as I mentioned before. So this is why uh, I think it's going to take two, three weeks before we understand what happens. But now all the player wants to be respectful uh, and wants to wait some weeks before deciding what they want to do. I'm imagining that includes Erling Haaland, Fabrizio Romano, because Erling Haaland was supposedly meant to make uh, some official announcements, I guess, of when he was going next or his next decision 
you know, regarding his future from, it may, it may not include Borussia Dortmund, but I'm imagining due to these news, that's going to take some time. Paul Pogba as well, I'm imagining that as well will take some time. Yes, 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 of course. It changes the timing. For example, also Mazraoui to Bayern was a deal that was verbally agreed, but they can't sign because of this regular situation, so they need to, to wait a bit. Of course, it changes the timing of some decisions. I'm sure that maybe without this Minoraiola situation, the situation of Erling Golland was already clarified. So this is how it works. Uh, unfortunately, his life is not football. It's absolutely normal. But I'm sure that in in the few weeks, in in few weeks, we'll have final answers for for Holland for Pogba. It will be at the end of the season, so I think it will take time. It will be end of May, but mm, the situation is as you mentioned. We need to wait a bit and see and see what's next. We'll see what's next. In the meantime, our condolences, wishes to Mino Raiola's family and loved ones. Okay, let's move on. Let's talk about some business that does need to happen straight away, and that is. Chelsea, there's some discontent, I believe, going on around Stamford Bridge. Obviously, they just lost against uh, one of their stars, their former legends in Frank Lampard and Everton. It hasn't been great for Chelsea. And now Champions League for them is not as certain, definitely through qualification. They've still got an FA Cup final to play. But in terms of the top four, you know, it's not looking that great. They're only about three points from Arsenal and Tottenham are creeping in in the Champions League, Fabrizio Romano. So let's begin there. Uh, first of all, what's going on with, uh, you know, Thomas Tuchel's side, Lukaku? He, you know, he, he, he's not a major part of this, uh, you know, lineup right now. What's going on there? Do you expect any more discontent from that side with Chelsea? Honestly, I'm sure at the end of the season when everything will be clarified, all, even on the on new ownership, so on the board uh, and everything that needs to be clarified, Chelsea, Romelu Lukaku will discuss directly with the board and they will need to find a solution because Romelu doesn't want to continue like this. He is a Chelsea to play uh, and I think even for Chelsea, it makes no sense to have a player for 115 million euros on the bench. So it makes no sense. Uh, Thomas Tuchel will have a discussion with the board once the situation of the new ownership will be clarified and then they will speak with Romelu Lukaku agent to discuss for the best solution in the summer. It's not going to be an easy one because they paid a lot of money because the salary is an important one, 12 million euros net per season. So this is why it's not going to be easy to manage this Romelu Lukaku situation. But I'm sure that Romelu can't continue like this. If Thomas Tuchel wants to use him like he did this season, it's going to be really difficult to keep Romelu Lukaku at the club. Even because, for my personal opinion, I saw Romelu Lukaku here in Milano, in Italy, last season, last few years, and Romelu needs to play if he wants to perform. If he's on yeah. the bench, even because of his physical structure, you have a big problem. He can't he's play. He's a different player, Fabrizio. He's a different player right now. He needs to play every single yeah. game. Every single game. He can maybe miss one or two or three games in the season, but all the other games he needs to perform and to play. Even because if he's injured, he has problems. Imagine if he's fit and then you, can, you don't play him. You have a problem on the physical point of view. So this is why they can't continue like this. Yeah. Well, let's uh, move on because uh, that is a very good point, specifically about also the system and how maybe it might, may, may not even favor Romelu Lukaku, definitely the way that it's going. All right, well, let's let, let's keep going for, for a second. Uh, the departures of Rudiger, right? Real Madrid, Christensen as well, heading off. Marcos Alonso, is that going to be destabilizing the squad? Are we expecting some ins and outs? I know that part of it, as you mentioned, has a lot to do with, uh, you know, the new owners, which I believe right now are being led by Todd Bowley's yes. consortium. So that has a lot to do with it. But those players are leaving no matter what. So I I any other players who want out? For sure, it will be a revolution. And I think Chelsea need a revolution, need some fresh air around the club. Uh, and so this is something that will happen this summer. As you mentioned, these names, uh, Tony Rudiger will play for Real Madrid. 
four-year deal, so Tony Rudiger will sign soon his contract with Real Madrid. Andreas Christensen has already agreed to join Barcelona in the summer. For Marcos Alonso, Barcelona is a possibility. From what I'm told, he wants to be back and to go back to, to Spain at the end of the season because of family reasons. So this is why for him the priority will be to, to go back to, to Spain. And so that's why with Barcelona in, in, in as, as front runners because they're really exploring this possibility. So for Chelsea, it will be a revolution. I'm sure that they will go for a new centre-back or maybe two. They will go for a new full-back. They need to, to, to change many things at Chelsea this summer. Players who want, back, who want to, to leave the club, they want to clarify their future because, for example, N'Golo Kante and Jorginho, same position, of course, different players, but midfielders, out of contract in June 2023, both of them, and they're still waiting for a contract extension since one year. And as Thomas Tuchel said a few weeks ago, you can't go with risk with this kind of players because it happens what happened with Ronnie Rudiger and Christensen. You're going to lose both of them. So on a free. So this is a disaster for a top club to lose this kind of players on a free. So this is why they need to clarify. Both players, Kante and Jorginho, are waiting for the new ownership to see what they want to do. But I think maybe Jorginho could have a chance to go back to Italy and see what happens with Kante because he wants a new deal. And they promised him a new deal one year ago. So for Chelsea, it's a really important moment to keep the players and to rebuild the defense in particular because many players are leaving. Okay, well, another player that's of, of, of obvious interest here with Kego Lasso, of course, is Christian Pulisic. He hasn't started in the lineup since March, uh, just uh, appearing as a substitute, of course. There was this uh, cryptic tweet from his father, Mark Pulisic. It's deleted, I believe, already, but he said, the sad thing is he loves this club, teammates, and London. Puts his heart and soul into being a pro. Onwards and upwards, my boy, big six months Ahead, the proverbial words there, Fabrizio, the sad thing. Sounds uh, obviously that he's not happy. Any Anything there, obviously massive interest here from a USMNT perspective. Yes, and I think they need to clarify this position too because we always mention Romero Lukaku, but they need to clarify with Pulisic what they want to do together with Thomas Tuchel at the end of the season. They had some approaches from Spanish clubs in January, but for Chelsea it was not even a topic. They wanted to keep him and Tuchel wanted to keep him. So he told to the board, I want this player to stay and I need this player. But then these players, Pulisic, Lukaku and many others, they're not happy with the current situation. So it's really important, I think, for Chelsea to clarify what they want to do with them with contracts because even for Pulisic, what do you want to do? You trust this player. You want to offer him a new deal or not. So there are many points and they want to play. They want to play. And so it's a complicated situation too. I'm sure that they will have a conversation with Thomas Tuchel with a new board in the summer. Um, and they will need to clarify what they want to do because maybe it could be an opportunity for him to leave Chelsea in case Thomas Tuchel will accept him to, to go. So Tuchel and Tuchel with Romero Lukaku and Pulisic will need to clarify the situation as soon as possible. I think it will be end of May. Uh, this is just an opinion for you, Fabrizio. I'm not asking you to give me a fact here, but wh where do you think, uh, let, let's do both. Where do you think Romelu Lukaku should be next season? Should he stay with Chelsea? Should he go somewhere else? And the same with Pulisic. What do you think? I think that Romelu Lukaku should go, honestly. I think the feeling after what happened, even because of his responsibilities, his interview in December destroyed everything, honestly. And then with Thomas Tuchel, the situation is not easy. Um, he's not playing, so I think he should go and he should leave the club. I don't know if for Italian football or... English football band with another club and a manager trusting him, but he needs to go. Uh, and for Pulisic, I think he has still chances to perform with Chelsea, but they need to clarify with him what they want to do because they can't continue like this. Like this, you're going to have a problem with the player. So if he's not staying at Chelsea, I think it could be perfect for Spanish football because with the spaces they have in Spanish football, it could be kind of perfect player. He's really fast and he could have some 
different feelings in Spain after spending many years in England. And so it could be a solution, but at the moment it's just my, my personal opinion, not news yet. No, it would be great to see Pulisic in La Liga. That would be that would be fun, definitely, from, from a USMNT perspective. And, and the final part of Chelsea is Mason Mount. Obviously, you know, one of the lowest paid Chelsea first teamers. Is there a fear that he'll run down his contract? Two years left, right, I believe. I mean, obviously, he's a key component of Chelsea, at least under Thomas Tuchel right now. Yes, he's a key player, and I think they can't lose Mesomont. Uh, if they also lose Mesomont in the summer, it will be a disaster for Chelsea. So I think the first mission for the new owner will be to have discussions with players like him and to offer him a new deal. Uh, even because Mesomont, we said about Kante, we said about Jorginho, but Mesomont is waiting since September for Chelsea to make a proposal for a new deal. They told him, OK, we will do it, we will discuss. But then because of the sanctions, because of many things, it didn't happen. And so the players are not happy with the situation. This is why we have many rumors about Rhys James, about Mason Mount, about Lukaku Pulisic, because they're waiting for new deals since a long time. So this is why they will need to clarify, but I think they can't lose Mason Mount. They wanted to offer him a long-term deal, a five-year deal with an important salary. I think this will be the intention even of the new owners because they need to keep him at the club. He's a Chelsea boy, and so they can't lose him. Okay, so basically, new owners, come in right now because there's a lot that needs to be sorted out, including Thomas Tuchel's future, I believe. I mean, he doesn't look too happy, right? He's been dealing with a lot. So these new owners need to come in ASAP. Yes, he he can't be sport director, uh, communication manager, president and manager. (laughs) Too much. I think it's too complicated. I think he's doing an incredible job, honestly. Uh, Of course, for Chelsea, it's not an easy moment, but they won at Bernabeu for example, uh, he's doing an incredible job on communication side because when you sign a contract, you're a manager. You're not communicating as head of communication at a top club. It's completely different work. And he's doing everything. He's working as part of the board, as part of the club, as part of the team. So what he's doing is, is simply incredible. But he wants to make sure that Okay, he wants to continue with Chelsea. He stated in public that he wants to continue. He's happy there. But he wants to see the project. He wants to see the vision. You can't lose both Rudiger and Christensen on a free because it means that you don't have a clear strategy. And you won the Champions League 11 months ago. So you have the project there. You have fantastic players. You just have to restart this process with a new ownership. But I'm sure that Chelsea are working to do it. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky co-founder of the farmer's dog we make fresh food for dogs we started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog jada when she stopped eating ultra processed kibble and started eating fresh whole food the farmer's dog food isn't fancy it's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs it's better for them and easier for you get 50 percent off your first box at the slash podcast that's the slash podcast Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Let's stay in London here because uh, this past weekend, obviously, the fight for the champion, the Champions League spots in the Premier League. Arsenal are currently fourth. They overtook Tottenham, who earlier in that day beat Leicester City. So Arsenal on 63 points, Tottenham on 61 points. The race for Champions League is fantastic from a neutral perspective. They're locked in a battle to finish in that last final position. Quick question here, Fabrizio. I'll put you on the spot. Who needs Champions League football more? Arsenal or Tottenham? Both of them are desperate, trust me, because <laughs> um, really, 
it's important to understand that for Tottenham to have Champions League football will be really important for Antonio Conte. If you want to keep Antonio Conte, Champions League football means big budget and signing five, six new players in the summer. This is what Antonio wants to stay at Tottenham. So this is really, really important for him. In his last press conference, he said what we already discussed here many times. Ambition means I don't want the fourth place. I want to win titles. This is Antonio Conte. This is why Champions League football for him will be really important and crucial to stay at Tottenham. And Arsenal is more than important. It's more than important because of the economic point of view, but even because they are already negotiating with some players. I gave you an example. Gabriel Jesus is a player that they want to sign, but to have Champions League football is really important for Arsenal to be attractive to these players uh, in negotiations with these players. So this is why for them is really, really important. I feel that they are the next step of the project. Now, this summer, they don't need six or seven players, but they need, as Edu said, the director, two or three important players to join the club. Gabriel Jesus could be one of the names, but they need Champions League football. They need money. They need the sense of the project with Champions League football. And I'm sure that it will be a fantastic battle in the coming weeks. Yeah, that's the thing about Arsenal, because fans have been patient from Mikel Arteta saying, patience, this is a step-by-step process. And like you said, they're getting to that, you know, not final step, but the final steps of getting to a top four. So getting Champions League football, if they don't get it this season, it's way off their objectives from a timing perspective. Antonio Conte, spot on, man. They, yes. they, they need Champions League otherwise. And, and I'm wondering as well about Harry Kane. As well, uh, Fabrizio Romano, what would happen there? Uh, uh, we kept getting comments on YouTube on our live recap yesterday, Fabrizio, that no way Levy's going to sell Harry Kane. But if they don't get I Champions League feeling, football... Yeah. yeah, I have the same feeling. They don't want to lose him. But if you lose Champions League football, if you don't have Champions League football, and if you lose Antonio Conte, it's a big problem. Back to square one. It's a big, big problem. It's like, okay, we restart the game. And it's not... A good moment for for Tottenham to do that. It's a perfect moment to go to the next step, not to go back to I, we need a new manager. Uh, what we're going to do with Harry Kane? It seems to be like last summer, and you can't do it. You need to keep the manager. You need to keep Harry Kane, and you need to discuss a new deal with Harry Kane because this is what they want to do. Since many months, they want to offer him a new deal, but they are waiting for Champions League football. So it's a domino. It's really a domino for Tottenham, and it's really important for both Tottenham and Arsenal. So I'm really curious to see what happens. Yeah, and pay attention, everybody, because these next two games are going to be great. Arsenal face Leeds, who are trying to stay in the Premier League, of course, and Tottenham face Liverpool, who are trying to win the Premier League. And after that is the North London Derby. It's going to get very exciting for the neutral, at least. I feel a bit nervous for Tottenham and Arsenal fans. All right, let's check in on Barcelona for a second. Uh, Back to winning ways, obviously. You know, they got knocked out of the Europa League by Frankfurt, uh, a few other bad losses, but then uh, they beat Mallorca, um, what's the latest within their squad, first of all? Uh, Dembele, what's going on with him? And Gavi, do they want to stay? Xavi's as influential as ever. Is he enough for them to stay? Yes, both of them want to stay. I think with Gavi is not going to be a problem because the expectation around Gavi and around Barcelona is to extend the contract soon. We have many rumors because he's out of contract in June 2023 and he has a release clause in the current contract for 50 million euros. So it's a huge opportunity. But his intention is to continue with Barcelona. Gavi wants uh, to, to stay and Xavi wants him to stay at Barca. And so I think Gavi will sign a new deal soon with, uh, with Barcelona, as Araujo did a few, few days ago. And Usman Dembele, he wants to stay too, but this is a financial point uh, because they are discussing with his agent, Musa Sissoko, again. They had a meeting uh, a few days ago, but they were not yet into the details of the negotiation. It was just a meeting for the feeling they have on player side, on agent side and on club side. 
Barca want to keep Dembélé. Xavi wants to keep Dembélé at the club. He's convinced that he would be perfect for Barca project in the future. But they need to find an agreement on the salary because Dembélé has been, has been approached by important clubs with important salaries on a free. And so this is why the negotiation will continue. I'm told that they will have a new meeting in the coming days to discuss about the salary. And so let's see what happens with Dembélé, but for Gavi, the expectation is for him to continue with Barcelona. Memphis Depay scored the opener as Barcelona beat Mallorca 2-1 on Sunday. I hear there might be some rumors regarding some interest from Premier League teams. Is that true? Yes, yes, yes. There is interest from Premier League. A lot of interest uh, around Memphis Depay because many clubs know that Barcelona will need to sell some player this summer. And if they want to sign a new striker and in many other positions, maybe Memphis Depay could be one of the players to leave the club. He said in public that he wants to continue. He wants to be important for Barcelona. He said in the last few years, in the last few few hours. But the message from, from Depay is very clear. But on Barcelona's side, they know about interest from Premier League. So I would keep the situation open for Depay. Staying Dutch, uh, Frankie de Jong, there was a little bit of an issue when Barcelona lost to Rayo Vallecano and he was substituted after an hour. You, clearly, he was not happy. But then after this win from Sunday over Mallorca, de Jong explained anything that him and Xavi had a good chat. I'm hearing, obviously, Eric Ten Hag moving to Manchester United, maybe a reunion back at Old Trafford, but what's the latest there? Easy links with Eric Ten Hag, of course, because the relationship was great between Frankie and, uh, and Ten Hag. But from what I'm told, Frankie de Jong wants to play Champions League football. So I think it will be more than complicated for Man United to sign him this summer. And Xavi is desperate, as he always says in public, but even in private, is desperate to keep the player at the club. He's convinced that players like Pedri, Frankie de Jong and Gavi can't be missed for Barcelona. They need to continue with them. And so this is why he wants to keep Frankie. But I think if he will have a chance to go this summer, it will not be for, for clubs that are not playing Champions League football. He wants to play Champions League football. He wants to have guaranteed Champions League football. And so this is why I think he has good chances to stay at Barcelona because they want to keep him. But if not, it will be for a club fighting to win the Champions League. Let's move to Italy uh, very quickly here. AC Milan, Renato Sanchez, uh, two pieces of information that you've been reporting on for a long time. Renato Sanchez, I know that you're a big admirer as are we here. What's the latest there? I love him. I love him. Fantastic player, really. <laughs> I had a chance to be at the Euros under-17 in Malta mm. one time when he was playing with Portugal, and I fell in love with this player. So for <laughs> me, it will always be like, I was feeling like a scout, you know? So this yeah. is why. This and is it's why how I, I feel with uh, Vinicius Jr. Uh, <laughs> you watch him like when he was young, and then you see yeah. him grow. You feel like you took part of that. <laughs> yes, 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 exactly. And uh, no, for Milan, he's a target. He's a main target, a priority in the midfield. But it's not agreed yet, from what I'm told. The real point is about personal terms, because they have a good relationship with Lille. They are discussing with Lille since some time about Renato Sanchez and Sven Botman. But for Botman, he's already advanced with a player. With Renato Sanchez, still in discussion. So I'm sure that Renato will leave Lille this summer. AC Milan have chances to send him, but he's still not at final stages of the negotiation. For AC Milan, Sven Botman is the priority as new centre-back. Uh, Divo Corrigi on a free from Liverpool. They are discussing with him for this free transfer and negotiations are well advanced. So AC Milan are planning for the future and they are hoping to win the Scudetto this season. So let's see what happens even with the new ownership because for Investcorp, uh, the new ownership from Bahrain, uh, they are negotiating the final points of this uh, closing with, uh, with the current uh, ownership of AC Milan, the Elliott Group. But I'm sure that in the coming days it will be clarified. And so for AC Milan will be the setup of the new era. Very quickly here, our producer Desnora, sorry, uh, Des, I didn't include this, but I just, I wanted to, because Lille, you know, European football, Champions League at the beginning of the season, now that's gone, and now they've got uh, their 10th in Ligue 1, 
Uh, we're talking about all these players leaving. Jonathan David as well. He's going to be leaving as well. There's a lot going on there. Uh, not, not from a good perspective. He will leave the club. He will yeah. leave the club. Um, Jonathan David, Sven Botman will leave the club. Renato Sanchez will leave the club. Yes, the feeling is that they are at the end uh, of a great moment because they won the league last year. They did something incredible with uh, with these players. But now it's time for a change. Uh, even other players, I think, will leave the club in the summer. Uh, where I could be one of them. So I'm sure that they will need a new manager. They will need a new message in the summer. But Jonathan David, I think, will be the biggest name on the market because his value is around 50 million euros. Many clubs from Premier League, from Italy, from Spain are exploring this possibility. And so for Jonathan David will be the chance to leave the club. He had the proposal from Arsenal in January, but for Lille was not even a topic to sell him in January because they wanted to keep him. They had to play some Champions League football with Chelsea. But now it's different feeling, different feeling, honestly. And I'm sure that Jonathan David will leave the club too. We will see. Uh, another USMNT tidbit, Tim Weah, of course, would he leave uh, as well? Let's see. I think it's a possibility at the moment. I, I think they can't sell all the players they have, and so they will need. To <laughs> Otherwise, they have no club. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. Even because they already told Renato Sanchez, Botman, and Jonathan David that they are prepared to let them go. Yeah. Let's see what happens with where I think it's a possibility. I think it's a possibility, but it depends on the manager and the project they will have. So it's not something discussed now. Absolutely. All right. Well, we're nearly done here with Fabrizio Romano. We wanted to do something fun, as you may or may not know. We're building up to the World Cup in Qatar 2022 in November. We're giving you content right now. It's a video a week. Uh, they come out on Saturdays, but as the summer comes, we'll give you plenty more content, a lot to discuss from the World Cup. And we thought it'd be fun to do something great with Fabrizio from a World Cup perspective. Fab, uh, I know this is a touchy subject uh, to you Italians right now, but let's just have some fun. Today, we're going to do Fabrizio Romano. You give me your World Cup teams that you are getting behind, rooting for uh, as, a, as an Italian who has to, you know, just like the entire squad of Mancini sit and watch the World Cup. Give me three teams that you're rooting for at the World Cup. Yes, the first one is Portugal because it's a country I love. Uh, I love their, their their way of approaching football. And so I will be a Portugal fan at the World Cup because I'm really a big, big fan of how they see football, how they play football, because they have many, many talents, how they trust young talents. And so I love Portugal. I love Lisbon, Porto. And so I will be I will be Portugal okay. fan at the World Portugal Cup. Portugal is one. And Cristiano yes. Ronaldo may be his final World Cup. I, I doubt it. He's an absolute machine. But Portugal is one. Give me your second, my friend. Second is Denmark. It's a country I love to, how they approach life and not just football. And then because of Christian Eriksen. Uh, I had the chance to meet with Christian Eriksen here in Milano when he was playing with Inter. Special person. What happened last summer was really terrible. I still remember the feelings I had in that terrible moment. Now to see him playing football at top level again is something fantastic. And to see him at the World Cup will be fantastic. Same for Simon Kier, uh, that will be back from the injury and will be at the World Cup. And so I think it will be a really interesting team with many talents, with many good players, but with two fantastic stories like Eriksen and, and Simon Kier coming back from the injury. And so I will be Denmark fan too. Denmark, of course, we all knew what they did. As you mentioned, the Christian Eriksen story kind of uplifted the entire Danish nation at the Euros and it took England, the finalist and the host nation to knock them out. Give me your third country that you're rooting for at the World Cup. It has to be Peru, my friend. Uh, obviously, it has to be Peru. How not? How not? 
Uh, it's, uh, it's special for us because of La Padula, you know. The, La Padula is our boy, so he's on loan to Peru at the moment. But <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I will be I will be fan of, of Peru because of you, because of La Padula, and because of South American feelings. I love South American feelings, so you know that Brazil and Argentina is too easy to say Brazil or Argentina, and so it's nice to go with Peru. It's nice to go with new feelings, and so wishing you all the best. Fabrizio Romano, you are an adopted Peruvian as of right now, my friend. And uh, I know that you say La Padula is on loan. His mother is Peruvian. And that's way important in that household, by the way. There's no pasta there. It's arroz chaufa and and some taco taco. But I love it. Denmark, Peru, who... If Peru makes it, they'll be in the same group. So that yeah. would mean, ooh, that's going to be tough because France is obviously in there. That's kind of the similar group of 2018. Well, so never say never. never. Never say never, Fabrizio Romano. You are an adopted Peruvian. I'm calling you Fabrizio, Fabrizio Tupac Amaru Romano in the house. And the first one, of course. What was your first team that you Portugal. were reading? Uh, Portugal, of course. Yeah. Well done. Well, Fabrizio Romano, this has been so great. Thank you so much. Final thoughts, my friend. Anything that we haven't discussed before we say goodbye? I'll give you another South American great player, James Rodriguez, uh, because I'm sure that he will be in the rumors in the news in the coming weeks because he has decided to leave Al Rayan. He wants a new experience. He wants to go back to European football. And so keep an eye on James because his agent, Jorge Mendes, is already working on some solution. And I think he could have some chance to go back to European football. I don't know where yet because it's not decided. But James wants to go. He wants to have a new opportunity. And so let's see. I'm curious. I loved this player. I used to love him when he was with, with, with uh, Real Madrid, with Colombia. And so I wish him all the best. Absolutely. Talking of the World Cup, he gave us one of the greatest moments back in 2014, uh, you know, that performance, yeah. which led, of course, to the Real Madrid acquisition. I think La Liga or the Premier League, that's where I'm thinking for James yeah. Rodriguez, but that should be interesting. Great, great call there, Fabrizio. Thank you so much, my friend. Fabrizio Romano, make sure to follow his content on Twitter at Fabrizio Romano and Instagram as well. And every week on CBS Sports and his entire Here We Go projects as well. Fabrizio, thank you so much, brother. Thank you, as always. Uh, enjoy Champions League football. Enjoy Kegolazo. And see you soon in the coming days here, as always. Absolutely, my friend. Thank you, everybody. Kegolazo pod on Twitter, youtube.com forward slash Kegolazo, CBS Sports and your CBS Sports. Have a great beginning to your week. Enjoy the Champions League and much, much more from Kegolazo and CBS Sports. See you next time.